service. And with that, we have some members of our leadership and, and a couple other servants that will read a scripture, pray over it, or share a testimony of what that scripture is about. So first coming up, I'll invite Karen Hamilton. Good morning. morning. You know how I love this, right? <laughs> Whenever I am called to do something uncomfortable, I blame Vern. <laughs> That's a personal joke, but um, um, I'm, yeah, I am praying on unity, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, always, I've felt called to pray for the church, um, of course, for the unbelieving, but man, the body of Christ and how desperately we need God, how we need each other. Um, of course, unity born out of the spirit, right? Um, not conformity, um, not uniformity, not compromise, not always agreeing, um, but it is love for God and love for one another. And that's born out of um, not watered down theology either. So, but it's spirit given. And I feel desperate for that. Um, the scripture I'm going to be reading is Psalm 133. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. And each of these have an exclamation mark. It's like the word's just so, like, this is so important. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And then in Ephesians uh, 4, Paul is urging us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one, one another in love, eager eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. So there's one body, it says, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. So there's just one, right? So um, I prayed about what to share. I didn't get anything really personal except for that, just that um, personal call and um, desire to see unity in the body, but I also had this desperate sense as I was praying um, that we can't do it without him, right? Like he's the one that brings unity and life. Um, and just like you, probably the longer I live and walk with God, the more dependent actually I feel on him and um, on you. So if you'll pray with me. Father, we ask that your, that your spirit would grant to us unity as we seek you and your kingdom first. Fill us more and more with the knowledge of your love so that we can love one another. We so desperately need you every day and in every way. We pray that the walls that divide us in our denominations, politically, racially, and our marriages would be broken down as we humble ourselves and uh, depend on you alone to change us and to work in us and through us. Lord, I just ask that your light and your love guide us into all truth and to this beautiful mystery. We love you and trust you, Lord. Amen. love yeah so the verse that um, I was given is John 13 
verses 34 and 35. Um, and I'll read that now. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And of course, that's kind of our, our saying, right, here at Grace Harvest. Is we end it, Bobby ends every service of love one another. I'm going to just start off with prayer, if you'll pray, pray with me. Loving God, God of love, fill our hearts with the love that you freely give. Make love our first and last thoughts. May we love others and freely give love to them. Make our spirit a spirit of joy, happiness, and love for both our friends and enemies. For those who are hard to love and for those who require tough love. Lord, show us how to love in each circumstance and in each relationship. Help us to love as abundantly as you have loved us. Lord, it's only in relationship with you that our deepest longings and greatest needs are met. Forgive us for looking to anyone else for the intimacy that you alone can give. Thank you that you are a loving, gracious God. Thank you that you've offered us forgiveness and the gift of new life in you. Thank you that your love is perfect. It never fails, and nothing can separate us from your love. We pray, Lord, that our lives here at Grace Harvest Church and on this mountaintop and in the kingdom would be filled and overflowing with the power of your love so that we can make a difference in this world and bring honor to you. We ask for your help in reminding us that the most important things are not what we do outwardly, but that it's not, and it's not based on any talent or gift, but the most significant thing we can do in this life is simply to love you and choose to love others. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. So a few other scriptures, of course there's so many scriptures in the Bible about love, but it's all about love. But I want to just say a few scriptures and then a short testimony. Whoops. Come on, technology. John fifteen twelve. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Luke six thirty one. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Corinthians sixteen fourteen. Do everything in love. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born of adversity. And then Mark 12, 29 through 31. This is basically the Shema from the Old Testament. Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second commandment is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Okay, so a little testimony, and of course I've just been, Rifle and I have been at camp this week out at Fort Lone Tree, so it's going to involve our experience there a little bit. Um, Johnny and Friends is the ministry for disabilities that um, occupied camp at Fort Lone Tree. And the overall scripture for uh, Johnny and Friends comes from uh, Luke 14, 21 and 23, which is the p from the parable of the great banquet. So I'd just like to read that to get us in the mood. Luke 14. Uh, Luke fourteen twenty one. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Oh, let me go down just a little bit. Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. 
And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and, the he and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. So it really has more to do with unity, what Karen was talking about, the unity of the church, pulling everybody in or going out to everybody. Um, for the week of camp, our scripture was from 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything in love. So if I were to pick one word to sum up family retreat, it would be love. There were perhaps, uh, there were, we were a group of 125 people, moms and dads, a kiddo or adult child with a disability, some from birth, some not. Um, the disability from birth, some recently developed, so hard. Uh, siblings, buddies for people with disabilities. So that was mostly that maybe 13 to 25-year-old, the youth group there. Um, uh, and some of these buddies were in wheelchairs themselves, full cognition, just physical disability. Uh, we have group leaders, the pastor and his family, the worship leader and his family, a biblical counselor, and then the Johnny and Friends staff as well, about four of them. In addition, the Lone Tree staff, uh, Dana was telling me she worked there for a while, about 25 Lone Tree staff who totally engaged and participated and weaved themselves in and out of the, the Johnny and Friends group um, throughout the week. And the manager of Lone Tree staff, you may know him, Steve Dirks, he's a retired pastor and a retired rodeo clown. They call this camp the horse camp, actually, commonly. You know, the locals, Mary was saying, is it at the horse camp? And I, that's why, because there's a bunch of horses, and um, so there's, there's activities, horse riding, high adventure activities, all adapted for wheelchairs and for sensory processing difficulties, Bible studies, dances, rodeo, talent show, I mean, it was a week that has been um, one with a, an abundance of opportunities for relationship. Like, everywhere you turn, it was an opportunity to love and to receive love. Um, I am nourished. I'm tired, <laughs> but I am nourished. And I pray that each person there at camp was nourished as well. The families did give testimony of a sense of belonging, um, that they were there and there was no judgment, um, that they felt free, that, and, and that they could let back a little bit and let go that their kiddo was taken care of. There was uh, new friends and fun and rest. So those are all things they don't typically experience very much. So that was a beautiful um, testimony there from the families so we tend to live with um live life with a very short view because of all the demands and distractions that that are upon us but we are called to live a life with a forever view of jesus right so this week i was challenged again and encouraged again to live every day through the jesus lens to live this victorious life, this transformed life of reckless love for his glory. Um, my role was to be with the moms, to be with the women, and um, we did that in the morning through crafts and, and just chatting and talking, very casual. And then in the afternoon, we did that through a women's group that was after the pastor gave the message. And I just want to relate some tough questions uh, and discussions that we went. And, and um, so uh, things like this. Trusting God in knowing the family that God gifted you with gives you the opportunity to love and serve. And these are questions for us too, but the impact is greater when you have one or two or three. There was a mom there that adopted four kids with Down syndrome. She had her two, she and her husband, and then she was called to adopt. Um, questions like this. 
knowing you are victorious in Christ versus living victoriously. So we know we're to live, that we are, we have victory in Christ, but are we living that and how can we live that? Just so we, we would talk about that. Um, that the mom that I just mentioned that, that adopted four kiddos with Down syndrome, she talked about the sacrifice of parenting in a difficult circumstance in the face of her fears. Another one like this, uh, or I'll just say this is what I saw in the group. You know, I was just the facilitator. I didn't have the answers. I, didn't, I, I was just the facilitator, and that stretched me. Um, but I saw women supporting and mentoring and discipling other moms to serve in love and not out of obligation. That was one of our discussion questions. Are you serving out of love and not obligation? Just imagine where that goes. And then just, just one more that I'll share. Um, uh, there was a mom there whose daughter recently, there's not even a diagnosis, but three years ago began becoming sick and now has a, a GI tube, a gastrointestinal tube, and is in a wheelchair. And they really don't even know yet what's, what is causing all that. So through illness, she's become disabled. And she's like, I think she's 18, Claire with the red hair. It's awesome. She was great, great kiddo. And um, just, just that mom, angry, angry with God, yet still standing firm in the faith. Um, so, I'll end with this. Saturday morning, uh, I had a, a walk that turned into a praise walk. We had packed. Um, I kind of sensed a push of, we've got to get home and get back to the, you know, to get back to the regular or back home. But God, he took me on a walk, just he and I. We went past the driveway of camp into the National Forest and I was praising. I was really praising. You are love. Your mercy is new every morning. And all week, I, I was asking God periodically, what do I share with Grace Harvest? This is coming. And I mean, they kept us on a schedule. So every once in a while, it would pop in my head, uh, what do I share? Um, and, and he would answer every time, don't worry. Trust me, it will come. So again, in the peace of that walk of the pinon, juniper forest, the birds, the early morning sun. Um, I found a heart rock, of course. Uh, his mercies are new each morning. Um, you know, for many of us, nature is our go-to place to be with God, and it's so easy for us to see and hear him in the natural creation. It is for me and to sense his love. So I'm there thanking him for the beauty of the creation there, of the trees and the valley and the mountains. Great view back here to Sierra Blanca and Nogal. And then he said, and I've created you too. W what about people? <laughs> Can you love others and see me in others? like you see me in nature? And the ears of my heart were perked, and I was listening and responding. Um, I'm putting this in quotes. In the difficult to love, in the messy, in the prideful and the selfish, can you see my beauty in the very needy and poor in spirit? We all have a story of brokenness, and you are mine, and I love you. I love all who love me. I want your love, and I want you to love one another deeply. Take the risk. This is not just for me, you guys. This is for all of us. Take the risk. Step out and risk loving others with my love. That's not the end, <laughs> because then the magic happened. It was like this claymation animation have you ever seen those claymation movies? It was like that. Everything started moving. Like there was no wind and the branches went like that. And, and several animals started moving, a, a bird. And, and then there was something 
boinging, bouncing. And I looked, and um, they went, like there's these little pinyon bushes, little juniper, and they went from bush to bush. This is pretty early in the morning, but there was light. And um, on the hillside right over there, and I, I couldn't really recognize what that was that was boinging, that was bouncing. Um, and I, I was like, is that a small deer? It, it, it's a huge guinea pig. It's a ground bird that's brown and white. I, d I don't know. I felt like I was in a foreign land seeing a foreign animal. And then in the sunlight, as the sun just pierced through to those animals, I could see those huge jackrabbit ears. It was the jackalope, right? It was that. And it just, it was this oddity and this curiosity and this weirdness. And I laughed with God because I felt an intimacy with God at that moment that he showed me that because then what came is, oh, like us, because we're different. We're all different. We're a new creation in the never-ending story of God and his story of crazy, upside-down, risky, scandalous, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love. And that was, that was what I'm to share with you. So, love one another. I could retire after hearing that. She'll be your next associate pastor starting tomorrow. Great job. I'm going to say a prayer for the church concerning wisdom and revelation. And the verse is from Ephesians chapter 1. If you want to turn with your Bibles or scroll to your, is that what they say now? Scroll to the Bibles? Oh, Richard's telling me it's up on the screen. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 18. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Father, we just call on the name of Jesus to give us the revelation of your word, Lord, that is life. It is the bread of life who is Christ. And we thank you for the freedom that we have to receive that. Although we don't deserve it, you freely provide it for all, Lord. Search our heart, almighty God, Cleanse our heart with the blood of Christ. Let us put on the Jesus lens of the eyes of our heart. Not man-made lenses, which many times we do, but yet you are the provider of all. Let us put on or have your Holy Spirit put into our souls ears, the hearing aids that we need to hear your voice, although it be a small, soft voice, let it be amplified to our soul so our spirit is nourished, our soul is nourished, and our body will overcome. Bless you, Almighty God, for giving us your spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, 
in the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Next we have Janet. Come on down, Jan or up, I should say. Good morning. So we've all heard this scripture, right? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. I love if-then propositions. And God is so good at revealing his heart for us through that. James 4.8 says, Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. He doesn't pull any punches, does he? Yet we can't come close to God or humble ourselves without him. I think we keep hearing the same thing. We need God to do any of these things he calls us to do. But he will be there and he will help us through his spirit. And it's all done through the gift of faith. For we couldn't even be saved without a gift of faith first. We didn't even know we needed that. At least I didn't. I came to Christ as a young adult. But God gave me a gift of faith to believe and even call out to him and seek him. But how do we humble ourselves? We usually know what humility looks like when we see it, don't we? We know people who are just seem to be so humble how did Jesus exemplify this? Well, Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 8, your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ. The Gospels are replete with it. He is constantly the humble servant who, though he was God, did not demand and cling to his rights as God, but laid aside his mighty power and glory taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. And he humbled himself even further, going so far as actually to die a criminal's death on the cross. Here he's born and put in a manger in a dirty old stable and dies a criminal death. But in between, he lives this humble life. So humility comes by obeying God and doing life God's way, but it really costs us a lot. There is great loss with humility, the loss of pride, the loss of needing to be right, mm -hmm. the loss of putting ourselves first, the loss of holding a grudge, the loss of our need to withhold forgiveness. The loss of judging others. So, I don't know about you. There's many more, I'm sure. But, for much of my life, I have struggled with the last one, of being judgmental. I'm a very black and white person. I see right and wrong very clearly, and I'm not afraid to tell you except for it was causing me difficulties in my life. And so I sought out somebody who was very, very humble. I mean, you just know these people. So you, I went to him one time and I said, how in heaven's name can I stop being so judgmental? Now, maybe none of you struggle with this. I don't know, but I did. And he was such a sweet older man. And he just listened to my heart. And I said, even though I may not show judgmentalness, judgmentalism in outwardly, in my head there's a lot of that going on. And I didn't like it. 
I knew it was wrong, because I know things that are wrong. I could see it in myself. So <laughs> he just sat there for a moment. He goes, you know, he was a pastor at one time. said, I, I struggled with that. And I said, well, how did you overcome it? He said, well, there's a few steps you need to take. First of all, you need to take off your robe. Secondly, you need to take a, put down your gavel. Thirdly, you need to step away from the bench. Fourthly, you need to walk down the aisle and shut the doors to the courtroom in your head. And it became, that was just like, oh, I'm a gal who needs steps. I need step-by-step -step stuff. I'm good at that. So that's what I began to meditate on every morning. Now, I'm not perfect at it. You can ask my husband. He's so sweet. But it's true. I can still be judgmental. But it helped me begin to walk away from it. And I need those steps, and I think most of us do. So God used my tendency to judge and the difficulty to cause me to pray, seek him, so that I could turn from that wicked way. You may not have the same problem as I do, but you know what your challenge is. Right now, you're all thinking of what particular challenge you have. I hope so. Anyway, we're not perfect yet. Recognizing and asking God's help to overcome is an act of humility. Let us pray. Father, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. We must recognize our need for you in every area of our lives. To be humble is to be willing to lay aside our fleshly desires and demands and do life your way just as Jesus did. Help us not cling to our pride or arrogance or hurt or judgments. Give us a strong desire to walk every moment of every day in submission and obedience to your law of love. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Help us to look deeply into your word each day and follow after you, Lord, as our shepherd. We are sheep that need to stay on the path of righteousness, walking humbly behind our great shepherd and not run off that path. Just as you, Father, lifted Jesus to honor and glory because of his humble submission to your plan for him, so you will lift us up to honor and glory to live with you forever. Do in our lives what it takes to bring us to this place of humility so that those in the world will know you are our God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Janet. Very beautiful. Um, Bob is going to come up and share. morning church as I listen to the other speakers we may have unity we may have love we may be wise and we may be humble but we still get hurt if you've never been hurt in some form or another I guess you can close your ears There are many verses that would apply here. I chose these two from Ephesians 4. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And from John, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled neither let them be afraid. I chose these verses to acknowledge that we all experience hurts at various levels, and we all need comforting from others and most assuredly from Christ. 
and he calls us to imitate him and to forgive. And that's not easy at times. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, dear Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us this day and most especially in our hurts and pains that each of us experience. None of us gets through the travels of the roads of life without experiencing these trials, which can come in many forms, such as broken relationships, special needs in a child or an adult, being bullied, loss of a loved one, including a pet, protracted physical pain, insults from those in authority over us, and many others. Let's each pause now for a few moments as we reflect and let the Holy Spirit quietly bring to mind those who have hurt us or others that we may know that are hurting now. Lord, we have learned that we often have little control over when and how these offenses come. But we do realize that we have a measure of control over how we respond. We must also accept that sometimes we are a source of hurt to others. Knowing that your son, our Lord Jesus, suffered immeasurable persecution and physical pain provides the example to guide us and comfort us, as does the timely support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. We also know, Lord, that while the pain may come in an instant or be ongoing, the soothing balm of your presence may take time for us to respond in a way that would please you and comfort our soul. Ultimately, we know we must forgive just as you have forgiven us. Forgiveness is not approval of the offense, nor is it the immediate restoration of a damaged relationship. Forgiveness is in part the acceptance that we do not have to have retribution for the offense. We simply have to leave it to you. O oh Lord, we know that healing does not come in an instant. Father, our prayer for those who are hurting is to know your peace, seek your wisdom, and to trust. We pray that you will strengthen each one to persevere through times that may seem endless. For some, the pain will seem unfair, and it often is. And we may, and we may blame others, ourselves, and even you, Lord. Our prayer is for the courage to forgive the true offender, which sometimes may be ourself. Yes, Lord, sometimes we must learn to forgive ourselves. We know that your son teaches that we will endure persecution and hard times. Remembering that you allow these events and have a purpose in doing so, over time will add to our progress. But Lord, sometimes it is just so painful and our understanding so lacking that we must simply rely on you to help us persevere. For we know that you cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So help us, Lord, to prevail. And Holy Spirit, remind us to forgive. Refresh us in our time of need. We may not achieve victory as quickly as we might want, but in you, we will. For as Paul wrote, God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Lord, help us to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgive as we put on Christ, our eternal Savior. And Lord, help us to pray, for the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each of us, 
In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bob. This prayer is for our pastor and his wife. And the verse is from 1 Colossians, first chapter, verses 10 and 11. Did y'all catch that first Colossians part? I was testing you all in there to say, hey, forgive me for lying and misrepresenting the gospel right there. From Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. So as to walk in the matter worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray and confess that the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge shall rest upon Pastor Bobby and Teresa. We pray that your spirit rest upon them. He will make him and her, Bobby and Teresa, of quick understanding because you, Lord, have anointed and qualified them to preach the gospel to the meek, the poor, the wealthy, the afflicted. You have sent them to bind up and heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the physical and spiritual captives, and to open the prison of the eyes to those who are abound. Bobby and Teresa shall be called the priests of the Lord. People will speak of them as a ministers of God. They shall eat with the wealthy of all the nations. We pray and believe that no weapon that is formed against them shall prosper and that any tongue that rises against them in judgment shall be shown to be in the wrong. We pray that you prosper, Pastor Bobby and Teresa, abundantly. Lord, physically, spiritually, and financially. We thank you, Father, for this time of prayer as we are your body and we stand firm on the truth of the gospel. We stand on the foundation laid for us that you've put, and it is only by Jesus that we go forward. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Um, Fred and Melina, can you help me with communion? Yay. Let's give them a hand. We'll have communion now. I'll pray over it, and then you'll come up and get the elements, and then we'll take it all together. And as the worship team is coming up, I will begin with prayer. Gracious Father Almighty, we are reminded today that prayer to you is first and foremost in our life. We wake up in the morning praising you and praying to you. We have the afternoon to worship you and to pray to you, and in the evening to have rest and to pray to you. Father, we take this bread and this blood that represents Christ Jesus dying for us, for his body was sacrificed for the remission of sin the removal of sin forever, never to be accounted for us. For love 
keeps no record of wrong. Thank you, Father, for your love for us through your Son. And we take the blood, Lord, as it is the new covenant given to us by Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us rejoice in knowing that we have eternal life with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all could come up and get some elements. Till it was 
trust in anything. No, no gifts, no power, no wisdom. But I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart, his words have paid my wrath. 